The views and opinions expressed on WXOJLP are solely those of the original hosts of their respective programs. These views and opinions do not necessarily represent those of Valley Free Radio Incorporated, its volunteers, or any other hosts, guests, or programs on this station. Good evening, and welcome to Civil Politics here on Valley Free Radio, WXOJLP 103.3 FM out of Northampton, Massachusetts. I'm host Michael Dow. With me tonight are Sue Timberlake and hey, John hey o- there. and John o. Roberts. <coughs> and uh, we're going to be uh, civilly politicking, uh, talking about uh, stuff like uh, Cambridge Analytica and uh, looking back on the... Uh, 15th anniversary of our invasion of Iraq for no good reason. And hey, we looks like we might get a repeat of that soon, too. So fun stuff to look forward to. Oh, and I guess we funded the government. So won't, won't that be good? I think uh, it would be good to note that when you sent the email saying we should talk about the war in Iraq, I said, which one? Yes. <clears throat> we can certainly talk about both of them. but uh... So we're going to go into Iraq 3. Uh, I think it'd be, uh, probably be more uh, invading. Chapter, chapter three. I think it'd probably be more invading Iran, really, with this. Not Iraq. Wasn't it McCain who joked bomb bomb Iran? Yep. Yes. <laughs> yeah, back in two thousand eight. And now John Bolton. Oh, Good well, I times. jump ahead. I jump ahead. Yes, but before we do that, I just want to mention that we'd love to hear from you, and you can get in touch with us in a few different ways. On Facebook, we are facebook.com/slash Civil Politics Radio. On Twitter, it's at Civil Politics FM. And on uh, email, we are uh, civilpoliticsradio at valleyfreeradio.org. We also have a website, which is civilpoliticsradio.com. And that's uh, got links to previous episodes of the show, uh, stuff we talk about, supplemental episodes and things like that. Um, And we do also stream on like iTunes and Stitcher and so forth. (coughs) So... um, yeah. Uh, Sue, you were thinking maybe we should start with talking about uh, Cambridge Analytica. Yeah. That was uh, that happened this week, right? Oh yeah. <laughs> well, and and it's it's a it's a multifaceted uh uh farago of of uh evil and incompetence. Um the the explosive undercover when interviews went- that uh Channel 4 in Britain recorded are the things that I noticed the most, but you were pointing out some of the issues about their actual like you know, non-blatantly criminal practices <laughs> about well, I, data mining. So I don't why don't you start us with that? Because I don't I, understand that as well as you do. Well, I was just going to say about being incompetent. You're not incompetent if you always end up with the money. And and I just, I want to be careful about saying they were incompetent when, in fact, they got all the money for doing this. Facebook, hard, hard to know if Facebook got a lot of the money, but they got a fair amount of money from all the political now, folks. My experience many years ago working at an investment firm in Boston, which I don't think exists anymore, but I'm not going to name it anyways. Um, competence and financial success um, don't necessarily go together. True. I, I, I observed True. this firsthand. There was like one person at that firm who I thought really understood what the heck he was doing and... and Carried everybody else? <clears throat> kind of. Yeah. 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 There's usually one person who knows what they're doing in any organization. Yeah. Or it goes under. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I uh, admittedly, my view was somewhat jaundiced. I mean, there were there were uh, people at the firm who uh, uh, 
were in the same kind of line of work as my dad, and my dad was sort of explaining why they weren't very. Yeah, anyway, yeah. I don't want to get off on all, all of that. It's, it's well, I'm just saying else. before you, but, yeah. s- you know, if you if you created this business model, you snuck in, took all the data from Facebook, and you know, it's ten years later, and they're like, oh shoot, we should have done something about that because wasn't the first consent decree for Facebook. Was it 2010? Consent when, decree? Yeah, there's a court case where they agreed to fix all these things, and uh, they never did actually fix them. So Facebook is, has a long history of having been caught doing all sorts of things. So there's a consent decree yeah, out I, there I, for I, Facebook. I didn't hear about that, so yeah. I'm not sure what that is. The, 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 <clears throat> this is about not doing a good enough job of protecting the uh, data. Yeah. In, in theory, they're selling it, selling people's data yeah. when they haven't given permission or all kinds of things. So, but that kind of reminds me again. Like, are we considered? Like, I have a Facebook account. You know, my 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 business has a Facebook account. Uh, uh, Valley Free Radio has a Facebook account. The the show has a Facebook page. You know, all that stuff. Uh, are we considered Facebook's customers? Are we their clients? No, you're their um, cash cow. Where that's pro- what I thought. For the product. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, what I thought. Yeah. And <clears throat> and so one of the questions is who owns the data now in the medical field. It's it's your medical record. Absolutely, no. That's, and you're supposed to have control over it. There although are federal there, laws covering that. Years ago, if you had a mammogram, the radiologist wouldn't give you your original mammogram because they said they owned it and they had to sue and they changed the law so that if you wanted to go to another radiologist and to a different doctor, you could get your original record. Yeah. Because you used to not be able to, because you know. So there's a lot of nonsense in women's health that isn't <laughs> elsewhere. But you know, it's um, all Samantha about Samantha B on her show Full Frontal was just talking about that and how like there's poorly there's almost no research into something like endometriosis which yeah. you know causes millions of women pain because it's like well it's a chick disease or whatever. And I was like I I had no idea. A lot idea. of pharmaceuticals until there was a new head of the NIH. This is going back about 20 years. Um they didn't test drugs in women. Because it was complicated. Because what if they were pregnant and you heard a fetus, and so they wouldn't test them in women, and then they'd release them for use in women. So is that how we got thalidomide? Uh, no, that was a that was a different adventure. So oh, okay. I'm uh, sorry. So getting back yeah. to Cambridge Analytica. <laughs> but anyway, so there's Facebook, a lot of but yes. wow. <laughs> yeah. So Facebook. Um, I of course was listening to C-SPAN, yeah. my usual. But they had some folks on who had been through this and had been chasing Facebook for years, and were talking about the original consent decree and how they promised to fix it and police it and audit and blah blah blah, and never did. And so this pause... Well, be- my understanding is that uh, they, when they found out that Cambridge Analytica was misusing the data, so... It was actually another researcher who, who right. it went through them. Right, right. There was, a, there was a fellow who was at Cambridge University, I think, and yeah. it was a Russian guy at I Cambridge. I think he's an, a neuropsychologist. Well, so he did this personality test and... Yeah. Got all the data. And like 200,000 people took it, but because Facebook allowed him to to gather information on everybody they were friends with on Facebook, they had a, a connection to, he wound up with the information of 50 million people. Yeah. And he then took that and sold it to the to the political firm Cambridge Analytica. A successful strategy if you want money. Yeah. And Facebook didn't know, and when they did find out, they, they, they said, you guys got to get rid of that stuff. They said, okay, we will. And and Facebook then just took them at their word, Is, and that's the story, right? Basically, yeah, Rachel? yeah, and it's a replay of something that happened, I think, in two thousand and ten. So, okay, so in other words, so there's a there's a court case on the books so, where they were supposed to fix. So this is a pattern stuff, of, right? I mean, all this stuff has changed. I mean, all the links and algorithms, all that stuff is, you know, in so this eight is, years is, you know, yeah, it, it's it's a long time in in the ever evolving world of tech, yeah. I presume. 
Yeah. I mean, you you work in tech, yeah. so or at least you have. So I you, have. Yeah. I'm you know more about it than I do. Yeah. Yeah. I. I. Uh, yeah, I think back not yeah. so fondly of some of those. <laughs> sure, but, but I mean, you've worked in tech, and before that, you actually worked in a in a biochemistry lab, didn't you? Yeah, and and at one point, I worked for a state that will remain nameless, and they were trying to test out their web page. Uh huh. Um, and this was was from, it an American state? Um, yes. Okay, so so we're <laughs> it, down to fifty. Yeah, <laughs> or maybe a territory. Sorry, I get those confused sometimes. <laughs> Ooh, sneaky! <laughs> that adds like another half dozen. But but they hired CGI. You probably don't recognize that name, but that's the name. Sure. Yeah, computer the, graphics interface, right? Uh, well, no, the company CGI. <laughs> yes, that is right. Actually, the first time I heard their name, that's what I thought they did, but they don't. But anyway, they're an international company, and they had done a lot of the um, healthcare web pages for people and they did the one for Obamacare and you remember it crashed you oh know? yeah, they're, yeah. They're, that, that, <laughs> that, the website works much better now but when yeah. it first came out yeah it was famously yeah. crappy well that same company had been working for this particular state and I happened to be working in IT at the time and I discovered and I had been a HIPAA person yeah, HIPAA, yeah. privacy okay. officer and I discovered that they took all the states uh, mass health um, oops, I just slipped there. Um, Medicaid information live, uh-huh. exported it to overseas so they could test their website on it, and so they took actual people's mass health records and exported them overseas. And I could not believe it. And people got really mad at me for telling the you know the state that this was happening, and it was huge. Wait, they got mad at you for for reporting a yeah. breach of security, a major breach because Wait, it was poor people's the, stuff. The state got angry with you. Yes. Yeah, the person who's running the project got really upset with me. Said when she was young, she never had any, you know, if people were drinking beer next door, she never told anybody. I said, this is a different issue. This is this yeah. is poor people's health records. How dare you yeah. assume that you can use them as test data with all their, you know, identifiers and diseases and all that stuff. Yeah, that they, yeah. that's what they did. Well, especially to do it without checking. I mean, it'd be one thing if they got authorization from the people running the program, like yes, you can set up your own. Little, they didn't know any better. Little fishbowl system to like test it in there and not, you no. know, and, and where it's not connected to anybody else or whatever. Yeah, yeah, no, that's not how it went. So I imagine they did the same thing when they did it for the for the government. That's that's fascinating. I, so, I imagine. I, I'd love to ask you more about this. But, yeah, but, but I don't want to. I don't want to get us off on a. I'm going to try and avoid a tangent tonight. Just <laughs> just just for the novelty of it. How about a radian? Can we do a radian? Yeah, yeah, that's fine. Yeah. <laughs> um, but that stuff. Wait, that happens. was a math joke. <laughs> <laughs> I don't get those. Oh, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> um, uh, I'm just saying that that stuff happens constantly because you have young people without much experience all exuberant, doing all sorts of fascinating things that impinge on other people's rights, and they don't think that way. Right. So it, you think it's to some extent it's the, you know, uh, they, they can't, they, they, they're like, well, I want to use this to help people, and they don't think like, well. I want to well, test this to make sure it doesn't blow up when we go live. Right. And yeah. they don't think about like the, the possible negative consequences of that or the way it could be misused by someone else because they're like, they have no intention of doing, of misusing it, so. Exactly. Uh, yeah. And so that neuropsychologist <coughs> should have known much better. That, that, I That's gotta, why you need rules and testing and audit. Yeah, Trust well, but verify, Reagan's famous line. Right. Well, I've I got to say, that's to, that to me, I think, is sort of like a difference between sort of the liberal and conservative mindset or the lefty and the righty mindset in a nutshell. So I'm like, yeah, yeah, we should do this because it'll help people. And, you know, and you're like, 
people suck, so we should really be careful because somebody's going to miss you this. And like, oh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. Well, and, it, and it's, it's endemic in the IT field because it's the Wild West. It's the same way that everybody thinks um, driverless cars, self-driving cars, are ready to be on the road. Oh, they aren't. Are you kidding me? Well, <laughs> they well, haven't done the tests. They haven't tightened down the algorithms. Well, well and, and part of well, so part of that, I think. And again, we're sorry we, to digress. Well, but. that's what we do. But uh, <laughs> just, I think part of the issue is the standards are really high for self-driving cars in a way they aren't for a lot of other technologies. I mean, smartphones, like, you know, if it turns out that, you know, like- it's, it, it blows up and burns down and the plane falls out well, of the sky? Well, that's a problem. Oh, okay. That's that's a major so problem. So when we, we find a that. problem, we write a lot to address it. We don't anticipate but, no, 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 problems. No, no, no. Let, me, let, let me finish the <laughs> <Sorry>. sentence. <laughs> like, I get a new smartphone and it's got a glitch so that, like, you know, it just it doesn't start up properly or the battery drains too fast or, it you know, like, I try to use it to, like, navigate using the maps program and it winds up continually wanting to take me to Australia or something. You know, that's annoying. That's like, oh, man. But, you know, it can do other things useful and I can still make a phone call with it. And, yeah, that's fine. And there'll be a patch. Like, that kind of minor, like, annoyance, nobody's going to gonna trust a car with that car's got to be reliable, you know, 100,000 times out of 100,000 because if not, I could die. You know? Like like, like someone just did. Like someone just did. Yeah. It was an Uber the, car, right? Yes, it's an Uber car. And it was somewhere in California, I thought. Oh, Oklahoma? Really? Arizona? It's uh, it's going to be on the Facebook page. Um, oh, good. <laughs> it's an American city. We're sure about that. <laughs> Facebook.com slash Civil Politics Radio. Just look for the hashtag Civil References. Thank and you for also on uh, Twitter, Civil Politics FM. Thank you, John. Right. So we're, we're again sort of getting getting off off track a bit. But again, the, the thing about uh, the, the self-driving cars is uh, – People aren't, I'm not going to, like, I'd love to buy a self-driving car, you know, because I'm driving regularly 100 miles, you know, out to Boston and back every week. Uh, and I would love to be able to just sort of punch in, like, take me to this address, and now I'm going to read a book for two hours. That'd be great. John, sorry, what? Tempe. Tempe, Arizona. Is it Temp, Tempe? Tempe. Tempe, Arizona. It's That's part it of the, the large conurbation of Phoenix. It's a sort of a suburb of a satellite of Phoenix. That's uh, that's where a woman got yeah. um, hit with the Uber self-driving car with, it had a, uh, a, a monitor in it. A person. A person in it, but they were not, it was switched to self-driving, so. Yeah. Which is a good reason you would tune out because that's what humans do, right? I mean, that's well, that's the <laughs> point. You wa- that's the point. Although he was the monitor, so <laughs> well, all right, sure. But <laughs> but he only looked away for a second. It was just it's a second. sometimes all it takes. She, I'm sorry. She, the, the monitor. The monitor was a the he. employee. No, the monitor was a she. Oh, okay. I saw a picture of him. He was a he. Well, mm. it's time looking down. I'm fairly <laughs> certain it was a human being, regardless. <laughs> yeah, what does it matter which which gender? It, good it, point. It doesn't in this case. I know it's a good point. It's like, a, like, a, like I really think men and women are equally distractible behind. You know, <laughs> when when they've got a lot of stuff on their minds. Yeah. So, um, just you, you know, like, like there's certainly the problem of like how do we regulate this and all kinds of questions like that. And how that do are you gonna... regulate Facebook? Right. If we do. <clears throat> Well, uh, Mr. Zuckerberg, I, I, uh, I gave a statement, and he said that you know maybe regulation is 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 appropriate and something he'd be inter- you know open to. 
I'm not sure exactly what that means. <laughs> and and you again, you've worked more in the field of IT than I have, certainly. So, like, what what would you think is a like a bare minimum would be? Here are some privacy laws that the federal government should push for internet companies like Facebook or Twitter or whoever. Yeah. Well, as somebody who avoids those at every cost, I'm not sure I'm the one who should should comment. But I can share well, what would, one. What, what I, would be some of the changes that would make you go you at least get? A Facebook account, even if you, you know, just your picture is you with a brown, brown paper bag over your head. <laughs> and, and isolates. I would have isolates. But um, there's every application pretty much has what's called a log file. A log file. And it basically logs who did what to whom, who looked at what, mm-hmm. and all that. When you turn log files on, mm-hmm. you fill up your database really fast, and mm-hmm. nobody can review it. So the mechanisms to track who's looking at things and who's collecting things are pretty much there in most databases, Oracle, um, DBase, uh, you know, and I could go back a million years, you know, Access. A lot of those have log file capabilities that they can log who's looking at what and who logged in. You, you know, you could turn that on. It may even be turned on. It's probably not because Facebook, there's so many millions of things loaded every day. You know, it's just not feasible. You don't think they they have the 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 bandwidth to record all that information? Even if you did it, you you you'd need almost the same number of people looking at stuff as putting it in. I have no idea. Do you so. know what I mean? However many users are, that's how many people you would need looking at stuff to see who who took it. So you're saying um, you're not talking about an algorithm um, checking the logs. You're talking about in like monitors, like I'm, actual people looking at the log files. Yeah, I'm talking about creating a log file that's as big as the actually it's bigger than the um, content of what you have. It adds almost uh, three times as many, uh, as much as just the people using it. Yes, because every time that somebody's looking at something and moving... Yeah. Why, why do you get? Why do you say three times as much? Uh, because it's not just a person logging in; it's their movements through the, the through Facebook. So yeah. it's not just when I can I, easily see it being bigger. I'm just wondering how you got. Are you guessing three times as much, or is well, it at like, least three? Well, I mean, think think about this. There's a log for you signing in. There's uh-huh. a log for you signing out. There's a log for you what and and what you've clicked. Uh-huh. That's it. That and is, other people looking at your stuff. And then there's a lot. Well, that would yeah. be part of their log. Yeah. Like if you want, really wanted to get down to it. But that those three things, there's a log for each one of those things. So that would be three times. Mm-hmm. Um, there would be. Adam, uh, there would also be uh, um, when you clicked a link that led you out of Facebook. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you when you watched a video, what video that was. There there's a lot of <clears throat> information and granular information that would go into an actual log. And, and, and there's an additional one, which you'll recognize when I tell you about it, and you mm. probably already thought of it. Um, there's this function where you hover over something. You don't actually look at it. You just move the mouse over it. Yeah. Oh, and, and you and get like the, uh, the alt yeah, text. Yeah. 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 And so it, you can say looked at but didn't open or mm-hmm. looked at or, or moved over the link. All those or things recorded. this video but stopped halfway through. Yeah. But just even the movement of the mouse creates... All mm-hmm. sorts of so that ability to log that I'm just saying that it it changes the whole business model. Yep, it changes the whole business model. Now so, parts of this are monetized because people are watching to see what you're doing. You can turn on some of those um, applications that show you how many you know 50 people watching what you're doing because you looked at an article in New Yorker or something, and and all those people are doing it too. So you multiply that by that, and then where does that data go? And where does that? So we're we're creating this huge. Um, 
data repository, and it's true you can have algorithms look at things, and you can have, you know, you can do uh, data mining and of the log files themselves. But I'm saying the actual ability to police this takes a lot more sophistication and thought process than the average bear. Wait, so so you're 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 not saying it'd be too hard for Facebook to do? It would be too hard for any kind of law enforcement or oversight body to monitor. I'm saying both, that it's it's really hard for Facebook to do, given their model right? and what they're but monetizing. The, but if, if there's enough money in it, they'll find a way. If there was enough penalty in it, they'd find a way, too. In other words— Well, you, if there's penalties, they, they, like the, the simplest way to deal with that would be to stop, right? Well, no, you just it just reduce your, your margin. And it would only—they they would only keep going until their margin was so reduced that it didn't pay to, to sell the stuff to other people. But I'm just arguing that there's— there's It'd be really difficult to do well if you started from scratch. Facebook, the way they grew and the way they built their applications, from what I understand, it's it would be really hard for them to do. And that's mm. why all these other people are logging into their systems and getting data and you know doing this and paying for that and being given access because they're writing applications to do those things. So it's sort of almost like this huge heuristic tarball. <laughs> mm. And you know, governments aren't really good at auditing that. Companies aren't good unless well, you put a penalty. Is anybody in. good at auditing that? Um, you can, but you have to have designed it with the audit, with right. granularity in it that you can find it. And look at Craigslist. We were just talking about it before the show that they've stopped um, all their personal ads because yeah. the threat is that they're going to be responsible. Yeah, the, the budget omnibus bill has a provision now related to I forget exactly what the acronym is, but it's related to stopping or to, to combating uh, sex trafficking, which is a bad thing, and we're all in favor of stopping it. But the the provision uh, of the— Trump that, Trump isn't—Trump's Trump, okay with it, right. I think. Um, that got written, it got written—oh, go ahead. Uh, the Fight Online Sex Trafficking Act, FOSTA. Right. So FOSTA, uh, the provisions uh, uh, from FOSTA that got incorporated into the budget omnibus bill— basically mean that if you're a service like Craigslist that runs personal ads, it runs classified ads, you know, like instead of in a newspaper, they're they're online. And Do you um, need an electrician? Wink, wink. Yeah. Right. <clears throat> well, even like, do you need an electrician? Because we're happy to, you know, we provide one. But uh, they took down their personals ad because that apparently was used uh, – you know, everybody knew. Everybody knew that, like, if you could, if you knew the, like what how to read between the lines, you could tell which ads were someone actually, you know, looking for looking to meet somebody to go on a date, and which ones were somebody either soliciting or or looking to for prostitutes. Yeah. yeah, and of course that connects to sex trafficking. Well, you know, the human but but brain... the, the the requirement now, the change to the with the omnibus bill is that it didn't matter how vigorously uh, Craigslist tried. To catch them, if somebody did that on Craigslist, Craigslist would be legally responsible for the crimes somebody else committed using their website. At, you know, a third party using their website to advertise their 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 illegal activities. So they they just stop personal ads altogether. And I was going to say two things. One is that the, the human brain is much better at reading between the lines than most algorithms. Yeah, yeah. So usually the human brain will will you know that fuzzy that fuzzy sort of in between stuff. Yeah. And the second thing we talked about this before the show is that Craigslist already did not sell you know puppies and kitties and didn't sell guns and yeah. that was a choice of theirs because they just didn't want to be a part of that. So it's an interesting thing that they waited until the law changed to really get rid of sort of the personal sides. Well, so. again, because part of the 
you know, not all, everything in the personal ads was prostitution. I think at least some of it was people saying like, hey, you know, I'm a single guy in my 40s. I'm looking for a wife to settle down and have kids with. Uh, that was but, not the bulk of it. Yeah. I'm, not saying it was, I'm not saying it was <laughs> well, the bulk, the puppies, but, I, but like there, that actually yeah. was stuff that was happening on Craigslist. The, the, yeah. reason, the reason it probably took them so long is because the personals has the, the personals on Craigslist has always been a major draw for the website. Even if... Um, uh, just for a laugh, like people just um, the personal, like, like used the personal back meaning. page of the Phoenix. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Like, oh, yeah. after all, dark. All, all, all the crazy or the stuff. advocate. Yeah. The um, yeah, people read read that. local people uh, might remember the advocate about like 10, 15 years yeah, ago yeah. when they had the after dark thing. It was all the Those crazy. Those were hilarious. They were, yeah. and that's why that's part of the reason why you picked up the advocate. So yeah. you say you couldn't quite believe it. Exactly. Yeah. So but the they, um, so that's why. They, and now they didn't you, John, and I are a couple. So <laughs> it worked out. It worked out. <laughs> well, even for Craig, <laughs> it's radio, so people can't see sort of the stunned and horrified look you're giving me. <laughs> you know, you, you know when you get when you when you hear something and you freeze because there are t- too many jokes in your head and you can't choose which one. I yes, I know that feeling well. That's that's me right now. <laughs> There, there's too much. There's, it's a blockage. <laughs> they call it a short circuit. Yeah, <laughs> you short circuited because you just had too much it's voltage. Too much. Yeah, it's too much. It's, it's such a, it's such low hanging fruit that I that could was, just hit my head that, on that, it. That, that was the tagline in the ad. Originally. Oh my god. <laughs> oh dear. Four minutes. <laughs> Usually I sign it to him. No, we have four minutes. <laughs> well, back to the kitties and the puppies. So in the same sense, not all those people were horrible dog breeders and puppy mills. I mean, there were people who had, you know, they joined the service. They were both going overseas and they needed somebody to take their dog. You know, those were real ads, oh, yeah. too. I mean, yeah. that's actually is a real ad that I know about. But, you know, they chose to let those ads go so that they wouldn't you know, promote puppy mills. And, you know, that's a choice that Craigslist made. And that was Craig himself that did that. I mean, he he made those decisions. So I assume he still does. Where's he at? San Francisco? I think he was I thought, in San Francisco. I thought Craig was a myth, like Santa Claus. And no, no, he's him. a guy. I think he was in San Francisco, the first Craigslist. Hmm. So, um, One more thing about Craigslist. Uh, the uh, I was just reading about the misconnection section is still up. So oh, thank God for that. Oh, yeah, I love to read that. Yeah. <laughs> That's, those are one of the best You were ones. on a bus. You were wearing a purple yeah, blah, like, blah, blah. <laughs> I'm going to write on this national, this international <laughs> site. If you were in Boston on this day and you happened to be reading Craigslist as well, yeah. I kind of like you. <laughs> it's great. <laughs> you were eating a sandwich on a bus. Oh, you're from Hong Kong? I think you had a hat on. Do you know Joe? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Perfect. And that's how me and Mike met. <laughs> there it is. I beautiful, found it. <laughs> beautiful. <laughs> we didn't even see it coming. Yes, it's true. <laughs> that, that, that's what I said. I didn't see this coming. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay. So, um, so two minutes. <laughs> Elon, Elon Musk has taken down his Facebook page for SpaceX and for um, Tesla. Yeah. I thought that was sort of fun. <clears throat> As a, you know, delete Facebook, hashtag delete Facebook. Sure. So, well, so what do people do? I guess they go to Washington tomorrow and march for their lives, right? Right. So, um, 
in terms of like the public policy of this, uh, I'm not sure what, but it seems like we do need uh, better privacy protections. UK has has always had much tighter than us. You know, you couldn't reproduce people's social security numbers and all that unless you well, had. Well, they don't have them. No, but, but you, I'm sorry, I'm sort of jumping. Yeah, um, yeah no, I'm I, I'm with you. Um, I, I didn't know that. And they and they took out they uh, got warrants and are currently searching the Cambridge Analytica uh, right. offices. But I think that's also connected to and this is the sort of the just the the going from the wonkiness to the to the oh my god I can't believe something this shocking is happening. But the uh, the Channel Four uh, in Britain did undercover reporting and got like the head of Cambridge Analytica on tape admitting to you know illegal practices you know like like attempted bribery and you know just you know destroying evidence and just and if he's in the UK he might go to jail for that whereas here they'd you know get him to testify about somebody else and give him a plea deal could be well that might happen here because you know he they were talking about uh uh their shenanigans involving uh, the Trump campaign in 2016. Yeah. And of course, that connects to Steve Bannon. And that also connects to uh, the uh, financiers, guys, right. the lawyer there. Well, the Mercer family, the, yeah. the, well, they, they make their money off of fentanyl. I, you know, I didn't know that. You were telling me that before yeah. the show. I didn't know that. I was reading something. I thought in the he New was Yorker. a lawyer. Like they own the patent for it. No way. Yeah. Yeah. Major Republican donors, I believe the Mercer family. I'm, I'm, we should double check this because I could be misremembering, but I seem to remember reading a profile of the family. Basically, they made incredible amounts of money off of uh, opioids, specifically fentanyl, and they've used a lot of that money to like finance wings at the Metropolitan Museum of Art and whatnot. But also to uh, I think I think I can't remember which one of the Mercers. I think it might have been Rebecca. But anyway, but apparently you know somebody from the Mercer family used that you know used their vast wealth to like finance Breitbart. Uh, help Steve Bannon start Cambridge Analytica and also donate to the Trump campaign. So, like, you know, it's also fascinating to see Mueller's the Trump— going to have a really good set of um, evidence. Well, I think it's also <laughs> fascinating. All and done. You, you were pointing out, I didn't realize this, that uh, Attorney General Jeff Sessions wants to sue pharmaceutical companies for their role in the opioid crisis. And, like, that connects directly, if yeah. I'm, assuming I'm remembering all this correctly, to the, to the Mercer family. So to the people who help pay for Trump yeah. to get into office. So— so that'll be fun and yeah. interesting. And the way I heard about Jeff Sessions is I actually listened to Trump's announcement after he signed the omnibus um, omnibus bill. I was going oh, somewhere yeah, yeah. and it was uh-huh. on NPR. They actually broke oh, in when, for it after after he said, "I may not sign this because it doesn't have blah." And, he, and then yeah. that afternoon he said, "All right, I signed it." Yeah, and he's saying you'll never sign one again because he, he said this out loud. Nobody's read it. Nobody has read it. It's true, but he was saying that um, he. No, it doesn't matter. Everybody in Congress could have read it, and Trump still won't have. Yeah, good point. It could be five pages long, and he won't have read it. Well, you know who probably has read it, or is working on it even as we speak, is Elizabeth Warren. She she'll she'll definitely read it. So, anyway, and yeah. she's going to be in Springfield tomorrow, by the way, for the. Um, oh, really? Yeah, I saw a piece. It was in uh, what's our local paper here, the Gazette, the Daily Hampshire Gazette. Yeah, or Mass Live. It might have been a Mass Live, but she's in Springfield tomorrow for the walk for our lives. So. Oh well, I I should check the timing on that, but I I have a. I have a thing tomorrow in the afternoon, so I'm like, oh, I may not be able to go to that, but uh, I'd love to. Yeah, should be should be quite the demonstration. It feels like the '60s to me, when when kids just walked out. It was like you can tell me all you want, but we're just walking out of class and we're doing this. I I find it very reassuring. 
that um, the they they feel real. They feel very real. Yeah. They're not astroturf. These are real. Oh yeah. Protests driven by people of Angry, a younger upset, age, and 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 scared, motivated, yeah. motivated, and and will vote. I mean, you get the sense that if they're seventeen, as soon as they get to be eighteen, they're going to vote. Yeah. They're, you know, yeah. There's a real, and that's sort of what Kids happens these during days. You know, like when I was a kid, we didn't mind getting shot to death. You know, in school, I mean, it was just <laughs> part of the, you know, like up there with like washing up both ways in the in the snow to get to school. You know, uh, you, you just had you knew there'd be flack. We must be ready for a break. Are we? Ready? Yeah. yeah. Uh, just before we go, I just I just wanted to say that um, uh, the Mercer family, um, specifically Robert. Robert Mercer, uh, he is a computer scientist who was a developer in early artificial intelligence and a uh, co-CEO of a hedge fund. Oh, so that doesn't sound like they. So maybe he one of one of his one of the businesses he was involved in what like produced fentanyl, but not but not him directly. All right, I must be thinking. Of, I must be thinking of a different family then. Uh, well, or, mm. or or I don't know. Definitely needs more research. Yeah, and who who are all Astro Astro? I tried to remember. It Seneca was, or, or he Pfizer definitely or was he, he he is the person you're remembering. Uh, Brexit and yeah, he funded yeah. Brexit and uh, the Bannon and yep and the, the Trumps yeah, and Breitbart. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. And all oh, that uh, stuff. I think it's the it's it the might fentanyl. Be we should gener- be careful. Yeah. Well, I think an earlier generation made made its money in pharmaceuticals. Maybe but, yeah. Uh, we can try and look that up during the break. Maybe anyway, we should take a short break. Uh, uh, you are listening to Civil Politics here on Valley Free Radio. And, um, uh, yeah, so we're going to play some PSAs and other announcements, and then uh, we'll be back with more Civil Politics in just a minute. So don't go away. We'll be right back. Hi, my name's Leo, and I use he, him, his pronouns. Hi, my name's AJ, and I use they, them, theirs pronouns. Did you know that sex is your biology and gender is how you identify? You can't assume someone's gender. Based on their clothes. Based on their hair. Based on their voice. Who they hang out with. Who they're attracted to. My gender isn't your business. Ask me my pronouns! Brought to you by the PVPA Student Group for Gender, Sexuality, and Diversity. Football is a sport that unites fans, players, and coaches alike in a spirit of competition and camaraderie. Football season has come to our area, and while you're watching a game with friends or sharing in the excitement with family, be sure to celebrate responsibly. Never pick up the keys and drive if you've had too much to drink. And if you're 21, drinking alcohol is against the law. Remember, alcohol is different. Let's all work together to keep our roads and communities safe and have a winning season. This message is brought to you by your local beer distributors and this station. The Oblivion Express, old-school, free-form, eclectic radio programming every Thursday morning from 6 to 9 a.m. on Valley Free Radio. Since 1981, the Oblivion Express has been traveling the musical spaceways in the valley, an eclectic mix of music from the 1940s to today and featuring just about every genre, rock, jazz, blues, world, folk, reggae, and so much more. Join me, DJ Funkadelic Fern, every Thursday morning on the Oblivion Express. This is Betty White. I know you don't need one more thing to worry about, but listen, high blood pressure can cause kidney damage, blindness, heart attack, stroke, and you can have high blood pressure even if you feel all right. One in seven adults has it, but it's easy to get your blood pressure checked, and you can treat it if it is too high. So don't worry about it. Don't ignore it. Just see your doctor and check it out. For your free booklet, visit the Will Rogers Institute at wrinstitute.org and find us on Facebook and Twitter. 
Fresh Sounds with your host, Ron Freshly, Tuesdays from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. on WXOJLP, bringing you the music of Bud Powell, Wardell Gray, Art Blakey, Duke Ellington, Abby Lincoln, Tad Dameron, Yousef Latif, Bix Beiderbeck, Cassandra Wilson, Tom Harrell, Jane Ira Bloom, and thousands more. And we're back with Civil Politics here on Valley Free Radio, WXOJLP 103.3 FM out of Northampton, Massachusetts. I'm still Michael Dow. I'm still with uh, uh, Sue Tiberlake and John Roberts. Hey there. <coughs> and apparently there's been a technical issue, so uh, apparently we've been airing a part of a repeat, I guess, earlier. But we, we are live in a now. undisclosed location because of the war cabinet that's right, forming, well, I, right? I, I, <laughs> I indeed yes, we're, thank you, Pete. For <laughs> yes, we we are in our human-sized safes in an undisclosed location. <laughs> for when the third the third chapter of the Iraq War breaks out. Right, exactly. Actually, I think they might bomb Iran. I don't know. Well, that's 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 the thing. I I think that's that's pretty likely. Oh, so boy. yeah, so we uh, so picking up a fresh topic for a, a, a fresh half of the show. Um, uh, President Trump has announced that he's uh, letting H.R. McMaster go as national security advisor, a position that does not have to be confirmed by the Senate. Thank God, because the guy he picked never got confirmed by the Senate last time. Yeah, <laughs> <coughs> fair enough. Um, and uh, he's going to be taking over, I think, April 8th or April 9th, 9th I think. or something. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> um, which is a Sunday. And no, Monday, rather. Sorry. And he uh, uh, has picked John Bolton who uh, was our ambassador to the United Nations for a while. Under for a President recess Bush. appointment. Yeah, a recess, recess appointment, because he did not impress Republicans, Congress. my party, would not confirm him. Well, I don't, I, I, I don't <laughs> blame him. you. Yeah. Like, like, honestly, and again, no offense, I think, sadly, like a good part of the story of U.S. Uh, politics in the 21st century has been, like, you know, Republican misadministration. But, like, this guy is just, he's... He's not only like, like ridiculously bellicose. He's, 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 he's dumb. He just doesn't seem to have any particular interest in understanding complexities or learning anything. Or, I'd love to know. I I meant to look before the show what his background is because that often tells you a lot. You know what was his major? What industries did he work in? I honestly don't remember. And but friend I think of Reagan. A, you know he was a friend of Reagan. He's been a career wonk. I think basically, yeah. and he's. Um, I like to differentiate the people yeah. that did that by friendship yeah. and the people that did that by work and effort and yeah. you know like Condoleezza Rice is a true Russian <laughs> scholar. Oh I mean, yeah, she she I mean she's also a pianist. You know, she, I I put her in a different I, class than a John Bolton. I have but I I, I don't I, know that for a fact about John. I I, well, I agree. Well, I I think there are serious criticisms to be made of Condoleezza Rice's tenure as national security advisor and then as secretary of state. Nevertheless, it's not that she wasn't qualified for the job. She had, you know, she had accomplishments and clear, you well, know, clearly Rump, was a smart Rump, cookie. Rump so. and Ashcroft were, you know, they were like... In uh, contrast, yes. Yeah, well, they were, you know, um, what did the people that whisper in the king's ear? You know, the treachery and... <laughs> uh, Grima <Vizier>. Wormtongue? <laughs> the vizier, yes. The, yeah. Thank I, you. I like that, the that vizier, character. yeah. Yeah, that's what I try to do. <laughs> or as... Uh, Lemonance Grise as the <laughs> sort of the the highfalutin reference. Um, 
Anyway. So, yeah, well, who's, who is John Bolton aside from what we see in the press? I really want to know because well, this is going to be hazardous. But, he, he, you know, he's he's on record. I think we—you and I both agree that it, that our invasion of Iraq 15 years ago, and it was this week, you know, and the anniversary is this week, uh, was both— The second Iraq Yes, the second the, Iraq War. Yes, yeah. the the— the the one that didn't even have sort of a fig leaf of justification and it had the no, first one we were invited by Saudi Arabia and had broad international support, which yeah. I mean a lot of it was us twisting arms, but nevertheless, as it, long as we didn't go to Baghdad, right? <clears throat> right, but I mean it was at least kind of sort of a a a multinational effort. And who was that general? Was that? I'd follow him anywhere. <laughs> right, Schwarzkopf, 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 Storm yeah. and Norman, yeah, and Colin Powell, yeah, but um. So so chapter two. So chapter two <laughs> was, I think, I think, fa- I think could fairly be called a war crime, and it was certainly I, also. I disagree actually with that, but I'll give you my argument in a second. Sure, but it was certainly a mistake. It was a terrible idea. I agree that it was a mistake. And John Bolton uh, doesn't agree. He, oh no, he thinks it was brilliant. He thinks it was brilliant. Yeah, and and <laughs> he, and you know, just because like the United States should be able to like. Push, you know, go around and knock off tyrants and do whatever it wants, and you know, might makes right in his view. So I think you'd be happier <clears throat> in Russia, actually. Well, uh, certainly, I, there are times I think Trump would be happier in Russia. So you know, no, I th- well, blah, who knows? Yeah. <laughs> who knows? Um, so the reason I don't think it was a war crime because they both went to the UN and they got our own Congress to authorize the use of military force. As a deterrent, they were trying to convince Saddam Hussein to go along with, you know, the inspections and all that. And then George W. <laughs> turned around and used it to, to invade. But the original agreement was, you know, our Congress agreed and so did the international community. It's very interesting. And that's why I think it's not a war crime. I think it was a terrible decision. I think it was horrible. I think we had no justification. But I think the legality was there, well, unfortunately. Maybe, maybe... I mean, even Hillary voted for it, and she regrets it. Yeah, well, that was that was a mistake on Hillary's well, part Well, they wanted the to threaten Saddam Hussein. He's this big bully. And they said, look, if we tell him, you know, I've got Congress's approval to just invade, he'll stop misbehaving. And, and Bush didn't really care. He wasn't looking for... A, a club. He wanted to. He wanted to go in and get him. He, he, Bush wanted to invade. Yeah. Yeah. <coughs> As um, did his um, his colleagues, except for Condi. Well, I, I, you know, and I, Colin, Dick Cheney, the person who was arguably really pulling the strings. But mm-hmm. um, see, uh, it might possibly be legal under you know might might possibly stand up to legal scrutiny under the laws of the United States, <coughs> but. Um, there was an editorial in the in the um, New York Times. Oh, by I saw it, your link to that by yeah. an Iraqi novelist, and I can't remember his name right now. Did I print that out? Um, I it's not listed here. Um, I, I left I, some papers home tonight. <coughs> I apologize. Right. So, but he he points out, you know, that like even if you use the conservative estimates coming out of the Department of Defense, you know, the United States military is responsible for for killing. Over a hundred thousand people in Iraq, and there are some estimates that put the I death toll up, like, up to a million. Yeah, I think it's much more than that. I, I wouldn't be surprised, but um, you know, a hundred thousand people is a lot of people. <laughs> Even if it, that was all it was, that's a lot of people. And then, and we didn't actually have 
an actual justification for the war. I mean, we had excuses. We had said, oh, they've got weapons of mass destruction or, oh, and they you know, presented the evidence to the U.N. Poor and it Colin was, Powell, it ruined his reputation. Uh, and deservedly so, because it was lies. Yeah. yeah. And he should have known better. So we went in there for no reason, no good reason anyways, and I mean, you know, like like uh, we haven't, uh, we didn't in, annex Iraq, but really we had no more justification for going in there than Vladimir Putin had for going into Crimea a few years ago. In fact, arguably Putin had better justification because Russia actually did own the Crimean Peninsula at when one Khrush- point. Yeah, when Khrushchev was in charge. Right. So I mean, you know, that's not. You know, there's at least some history there. You know, we have that's no. That's why the Palestinians can go back into the West Bank and into Israel. Because well, they owned it at one time. Well, that is actually, <laughs> all facetiousness aside, that actually is one of the, possibly the... Right the, of return. The right of return. It's the core bo- bone of contention. The, the Israelis say, you have to give it up in order to make peace. And the Palestinians are like, what are you going to give us yeah. to make up for our homes being taken? I mean, there are people still alive, America- to, even today, you know, 70 years later, who, you know... That's lived in homes that that's are, their house. were seized right by there. Israelis. Yeah, like that's my house. I that was my bedroom window as a kid. Well, you know, we yeah. got the uh, the artwork back for the Jewish families that it was stolen by the Nazis. Right. And I think we should give Manhattan back to the American Indians, or at least you know make some compensation for that, or maybe the territories or the treaties that were broken. I mean, it 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 is a really tough. It is a really tough question, but yeah. that aside, well, and it, it's, I don't think Iraq was illegal. I think it was um, uncalled for, you know. Well, I war, poorly planned. War is organized murder, or well, or, or is large scale like murder? Maybe, maybe it's. I don't know how well organized it necessarily is, but it's it's mass murder conducted by a large group of people, and you know, there's not even the fig leaves we use to justify wars. <clears throat> in international jurisprudence, like like Art, just those people died for no good reason. You know, we just put some tariffs on uh, steel and aluminum, you know, and and, and more. Ch- uh, the, uh, President Trump was planning to announce more tariffs on China yeah. in response to uh, apparently, uh, possibly, you know, arguably genuine issues about uh, ch- Chinese misappropriation of yeah. quote unquote intellectual property, and they're threatening to hit us with tariffs on like pork and other. Did you notice products. that our Atlanta airport, um, their Wi-Fi got hacked this afternoon, and they're trying to figure out what happened? And no, it's just the Wi-Fi. It's not the ground control. It's not. Anything. You mean the, the the public Wi-Fi for people well, passing the, through? The or? Wi-Fi in the in the um, airport. So the Wi-Fi that they use to show which planes are canceled and which planes are not, you know, it's not a, it's not an operational system in terms of planes and air traffic control. But yeah. you mean the thing that controls the monitors? That's the list yeah, arrivals oh, and departures. Because uh, all that stuff is, uh, it's all a lot of that is wireless now. Oh, okay. Um, but uh, it it's sort of interesting because if you know anything about um, transportation, you'd know that Atlanta is a major hub for yeah, it's one every of the... every commodity. It's Basically one of the, in the country. one of the I think three biggest air, airport hubs in the country like that and O'Hare and well and it's not that one, it's but. a big hub it's that it's a central hub that um that's why Federal Express located yeah, yeah. there because if you do the logistical linear no, programming we, that is that is where you go through well, and if you've been to if you've been through Atlanta it's a huge airport it's yeah. big I didn't mean people I meant um um um, yeah, it's a major hub, but I mean, yeah. you know, Chicago O'Hare Airport is also a major. No, no, Atlanta's trans- much, much bigger. That's Atlanta's, as a transport hub, sure. Yeah. But I mean, just they're both yeah. big, busy airports. With but a if lot you going were going to torment the the U.S. for some behavior, <coughs> that was actually quite 
brilliant, and we'll see what it turns out to be. It's probably just a hiccup, but it it was being reported by the BBC. No, I hadn't as heard I about was that. coming coming here. So, anyway, sorry. Right. So, um, and that's a cyber war. That's you know, people don't necessarily die, but it's pretty depends on on what you disrupt. The grids, yeah, whatever. Well, you know, you you shut off enough power grids uh, for long enough, people will die. But um, and arguably, you know, people, you know, can can see that as an act of war. But um, I I th- I think it's very troubling uh, to see people like John Bolton, you know, going to be put in a position of authority like National Security Advisor. And uh, I don't remember her name, but like the woman who's been nominated to run the the CIA now that Mike Pompeo is being moved over to Secretary that of State. That was involved with the um, she ran a black extraordinary she ran rendition. Tor- and, she ran yeah. torture operations. For well, the CIA, I have and to destroyed s- evidence. I have to say, as a feminist, have you noticed the only names that have really surfaced around that behavior was the woman who took the pictures? You know that you sh- you saw her. Lindy there, England. There was a um, the private. There was a colonel female who was not allowed to go to the site, but it was technically her site, and they took it up a grave. Yeah, yeah. And now this CIA. Yeah. So the three women in any role related to anything to do with Abu Ghraib or torture, and they're all getting blamed. Have you heard any other male names? I have never heard any other I don't other remember n- the names of the two uh, therapists who wrote... Oh, psychologists. Psycho- psychiatrists yeah. who wrote the guidelines They were for, psychologists. They weren't yeah, psychiatrists. Yeah, but those were two dudes. I don't remember yeah. their names off the top of my yeah, head. Yeah, but, but nobody in the chain of command. So every time there's someone to blame, there's oh, yeah. this, this woman stood up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I just I find it remarkable given the military and the number of men that are in that chain of command. So uh, that's absolutely. my feminist comment for today is that they found a woman to blame because that's what they do. Absolutely, that is that is crappy sexist behavior. Uh, I agree. Uh, no, no, it's protect your behind behavior. But, potato, potato. <laughs> but but it doesn't excuse the fact that she did still actually you know run a site that tortured people and then destroyed evidence. You know. I, I, I I think the 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 proper feminist response is to make sure that everybody gets called out, you know. And all right, fine. If we want to start with the women, okay, great. Now let's keep going, and and that that I'd love to see happen. And this I think I I've certainly mentioned on this show before that I'm a fan of uh, President Barack Obama. I think he was on the whole a pretty good president and did a lot of things well. And I've certainly admire a lot of his personal qualities. And never really blamed women for the shortcomings, right? <laughs> With his wife, I I, w- I don't blame him. <laughs> He'd be dead. He'd yeah. be a dead man. <laughs> yeah. Plus, she's awesome. But the uh, but I think one of the great failures of his presidency is that no one went to jail. No okay. one went to jail for well, for you know the financial meltdown, uh, but also for you know the the actual war crimes. Even if you want to say that the decision to invade Iraq wasn't a war crime, there were war crimes committed. There were war crimes committed. <laughs> yeah, I agree with you on that. But yeah, 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 absolutely. <laughs> Stuff <laughs> that we executed, you know, people for after World War II from Japan, uh, and I think Germans as well. So, yeah, like, well, well people should have been should should have been arrested. They should have been tried or handed over to the International Tribunal in The Hague. Well, and you they were, you know. I, 
Obama, right, President mm-hmm. Obama, you and I disagree on him. You think he's one of our greatest presidents, and I say he didn't take names and kick butt. And I don't know that he's one of our greatest, but I think he's certainly the best president I've seen in my adult life. Yeah, and I think he didn't know how to use power, and that they ran over him, and they, you know, they didn't put people in jail for some of the financial crimes, and they didn't, you know, I just don't think he. I think he was a. Um, he was just trying to keep the economy steady, and that's what he did. You know, he tried to recover. That was. You know, he'll be remembered for having tried to steer the course and not go after people, not look backward, right. just to try and get us out of the... So <clears throat> there's, a, there's a book I'm planning to, to read uh, by a guy named Mike Duncan. It's called The Storm Before the Storm, and it's about the crisis in the Roman Republic and the generation, um, and the generation before uh, Julius Caesar and the collapse of the Republic uh, in Caesar's generation. And uh, so it's, you know, the Gracchi brothers and Marius and Sulla and all this stuff. Um, But uh, one of the the factors that uh, led up to sort of the the, the breakdown of the Roman Republic was the end of uh, sort of what was called the mas maiorum, sort of the the way of the old people, sort of like the— the customs, like it's just not done that someone stands for the consulship, you know, like more than once. It's just not done that somebody serves as tribune of the people two years in a row. You don't run for reelection. You do it once, you know, and that's it, you know. And, you know, it's not it's absurd. The idea that like someone, a tribune of the people would call for the, you know, impeachment of another tribune. That's just not done. You know, all this stuff that happens. And um one of the the things that's been happening since the 90s, since people like Newt Gingrich seized power, is there has been sort of this erosion of what is not done, of what is not acceptable. You know, um, God, you sound like you're in your 60s. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I'll be getting there eventually, hopefully. Um, I'm supposed to make that argument. <laughs> well, but you know, like like the idea that can you imagine? Um, uh, before uh, uh, this current or this recent Republican Congress, can you imagine a president, a sitting president, a year with a year left in his term, nominating someone to fill a Supreme Court vacancy, and they won't even meet with the guy, much less have a have hearings and hold a vote? I'm that not, that is. I'm the not the historian, so I'll have to defer to you uh, on well, this one. <laughs> uh, that that that's never but happened you know, before. S- somebody always says some of the things that Adams and and uh, no, that's Jefferson. Never, it's never know. happened before. But the you know the the break with previous norms that's progress, right? Uh, yes and no. I mean, you can argue. Certainly, there are previous norms that we certainly are happy to see the back of. Um, we, we don't really have time to talk about it, but John Russ, uh, uh flagged an article from the Intercept. That I really was oh, pleased this is about, about the yeah. uh, district attorney in Philadelphia, who is really trying to clean house and has done things like release a, a, a public, least publicly a list of police officers the district attorney's office will not call to testify because they don't trust them not to perjure themselves. Yeah, they're pants on fire liars. Right, and <laughs> and the at, police department knows it. So right, and so does the and, district attorney. And changes for uh, to to the way they deal with uh, defendants like. You know, when it comes time to offer somebody a plea bargain, offer them the minimum rather than the maximum. You know, start from like the lowest end of the of the of the charging spectrum rather than the the top end, and stop well, you know stop who'll... charging people for for possessing possessing any amount of marijuana because like it's just a waste of our time. Well, I I agreed with a lot of things he did, but that offering the lowest for the plea bargain, I just I don't like plea bargains, and I have to say, you know, who's going to get the advantage of that of not 
of offering the minimum? Because you're intending to straighten out some of the issues with the black population, but what's going to happen is that's where they're going to go for the white white men. And that worries me because the plea bargains for women versus men and black people versus white people, and it's that's where the discretion comes well, in. Well, I, I think a lot of that is... Uh, uh, is what's already was already the case. Occurred. And yeah. I think basically the idea is like, no, the policy is now the deal you give to the clean cut white guy who went to college, <clears throat> like a certain radio host we might be mentioning. Um, now everybody gets that. You did get a haircut tonight. I did. So. I look fantastic. <laughs> Very nice. Thank you to Katie at Salon 241. Good job. <laughs> well, and it, it is sort of an interesting thing, but yes, really, he's, he's just flung out all the norms and uh, I think most of us right. are applauding so, him. Well, so, so, so President Obama, you know, a uh, uh, centrist figure that he is, a uh, black man who managed to succeed despite the the obstacles against him here in the United States. Always turn the other cheek. Well, not that he, not that he, not only did he do like the turn Jackie the other Robinson. cheek thing, he was also someone who, despite the flaws in the system, had succeeded because of it. You know, I mean, talent and hard work and ability, but also, you know, the system, you know, he became... Uh, 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 you know, he, he got elected to office. You know, he made his way up through through the chain. He's someone who the system worked for. He actually became president with the way things are. And so he's certainly aware of the need to change, but he's also aware, like, that if we just, you know, the like his, the, the, the premise was, like, if we just believe in ourselves and follow our system and live up to what we say we care about— then when they go low, you go high. Right. All these changes will happen and it will be for the better. And he was wrong. Well, Washington is a mean, mean town. Right. Did even Tillerson say that? Sure. But I mean, that's here's the thing. Like like. He was uh, in many ways uh, a conservative figure. I realize that that's not the way we think about conservatism these days, but he's a figure of stability, of minimizing change. Minimize, of, yes. Of gradual progress. That, you know, Obamacare yeah. is not a radical change to our to our medical system. No, it's a tinkering. In many ways, it's a tinkering. It's saying, we well, have this system, we'll fix it, we'll make changes to how it works. We, we won't... put it under one tent, but... <clears throat> right, but they didn't Everything cha- else stayed, it's, kind it's of. It's certainly not socialized medicine. Yeah. So, so all of that... Uh, is how Obama operated. And in response, you know, the, the Republican Party didn't meet him halfway. And that, I think, is the great failure that led to the Trump presidency. And now it's leading to this, this building leftist agitation because, you know, trying to sort of meet the... The Republican the re- Party didn't want Trump. I mean, he, he... That was a... Oh, then how did he win the nomination? <laughs> How did he get all those votes? I mean, we only have like a minute. All right, so, go ahead, John. No, I'm saying we can't. We can't explain. Uh, I just wanted to We're, drop a bomb. We're gonna go on longer or not? Uh, no, we. I mean, well, we stop. did. There's oh. another show coming up um, called Subculture. Yeah. It's we we did go longer, oh. um, but uh, I just wanted to drop a bomb before we went off the air. <laughs> cool. Uh, when when they go low, we go high. Does not work. Yeah. Tit for tat. It does not. It, it, turning the other cheek yeah. does not work, and not not with not with racial politics. It does not work. Yeah, it it, it that's been demonstrated. Yeah, you know, yeah. it's it's like also those signs uh, that uh, those those campaign signs for Hillary Clinton. You know, love Trump's hate. Clearly not. But <laughs> no. So, 
Anyway, uh, we do have to wrap up tonight. Um, so thank you for listening to Civil Politics here on, on Valley Free Radio. Uh, coming up next is Subculture, followed by Table of Contents and OK Asia. Some great, a great lineup of music, so I hope you'll enjoy that through the evening. And uh, we'll be back with more of this uh, next week. So thanks for listening. Good night. This show is part of the Planetside Productions Network. For more information, please visit www.planetside.pro. And thank you for listening.